Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. This is Deacon Paul Trinan. We're up at the Abbey of the Hills for Real Presence Live. We're I love just it excited up. to be here. I know. The it's windows like are open. Perfect weather. We've got perfect We've got perfect guests to, oh, to, to visit with today. Oh, that's a tall order there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm we, glad I'm a host and not a guest. <laughs> we want to welcome everybody back. We're grateful to have you with us. Uh, did you know that you can listen to Real Presence live in any of the daily programs you hear on RPR on our, on our app? What? Our app. Simply go to the App Store on your phone and search for Real Presence Radio. And then once you've downloaded, Real Presence Radio is, is accessible yes. accessible anywhere you are at any time. So if you don't have the RPR app yet, go to the App Store Get it. now and download it and listen to our Depends next interview. Well, and, you know, on the way up here, once I hit Brookings, my 94.5 signal died. Boom. Boom. And then I don't get it until I get up here to Aberdeen, or I'm not in Aberdeen, but 88.9 up here. But I turn on my app and stream. I got to listen to Rutten, Rutten Radio <laughs> this morning. <laughs> We're going to keep it more online. That's kind of how we ended up getting you on here, <laughs> Father Drew. She, as I said, well, the Ruttons are on. You, you oh. probably, and he goes, well, I went to, I went to seminary with Paul. Paul. Father Paul. So, uh. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. And Father Paul is planning on listening today to see if uh, I don't throw him underneath the bus. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, very good. And if you haven't figured it out, Father Gary Derushi is our guest, our first guest this morning on Real Presence Live. And we're happy to have you here in studio. It's always better to have people in studio. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Beautiful drive out here. The weather is great. Just watching the alfalfa grow and, and the farmers are happy. Yeah. yeah. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself if they haven't heard from you before. Well, I'm a simple country folk, uh, born and raised in Miller, South Dakota, and a family of nine children. And for a little over 30 years, I served in the armed forces with the um, Army Reserves as well as active duty. Started as a Morse code operator and ended up as a chaplain. So... How long have you been? Now, where are you, where are you at now? I'm st uh, I always want to say station, and I that's improper. <laughs> <laughs> the Catholic world, we don't get station <laughs> assigned. The, the thing is, I was going to just start. I'm stationed at uh, St. Lawrence in Milbank, South Dakota. I've been here just a short period. I came here when I came back from Iraq in 2010, so it's just like uh, last year I got here. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you here. It does seem like last year that you got here. But, I mean, Milbank, South Dakota, where is that at? That's in the northeast corner of South Dakota. For you, those of you that didn't know where Pesic, North Dakota was, mm -hmm. Pesic, thank you. <laughs> you can tell I come from south. We don't south. know where Pesic is, though. I come from southeast <laughs> South Dakota. So, uh, But it's great to have you, Father. We're, we're obviously bringing you in here on the tales of Memorial Day weekend, and we had you as a guest here back for Veterans Day, mm -hmm. and I think yeah. that, that was just really a real treat for folks to hear some of the stories, and it's all about the stories. Um, I know. We, last time he was here, we could have had him on for like an hour and a half. Yeah. He doesn't remember telling stories, though. I seldom. <laughs> anybody who knows me knows I seldom tell stories. Uh, you know, as we are this week, we celebrated Memorial Day. Uh, Millbank, um, we had the celebration of the Memorial Day Mass out at the cemetery, and then we had a short program 
uh, honoring the those who have given the, of the ultimate gift of themselves for our nation. And the American Legion, as well as the VFW of Millbank, assisted us in that, where we had the laying of a wreath by a retired uh, Navy captain. I struggle, you know, with having Navy because, you know, I'm Army. <laughs> but he can fit in his uniform, and I can't. <laughs> so, and it, he he's a, a very... Kind of, it's kind of baggy on you, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what they say, you put your clothes in your your closet and they shrink yeah. and so uh, he, he has a great experiences of serving and and he moved to Millbank several years ago and is an uh, active member of the Paris along with his wife who's also a lieutenant commander in the oh, Navy wow, so the two of them have been a great presence for military in our community and so uh, uh, Captain Bunker presented the wreath for all armed forces, you know, not mm -hmm. just the Army and Navy, but all the armed forces, a, a beautiful ceremony, and had the the uh, national anthem being sung by one of our formal former high school students, and taps being played by one of our high school students, and so just a great presence. We had uh, probably over 100 people at beautiful. the cemetery for the Mass and for this uh, ceremony. And to be able to have the American flag being flown at each of the graves mm -hmm. for the uh, veterans and the large flags, the which are the flags that uh, have been donated, and those flags covered the coffins of the veterans. And that's that's very impressive to be able to go through the cemetery and see that witness. Right. Well, and one distinction, I think, as the generations progress and as we get further and further away of um, the younger generations going and visiting the cemeteries has mm -hmm. become less frequent. I know that my grandmother would never miss an opportunity to go visit the gravesite and decorate the gravesite. Um, can we talk for some of us younger generations and describe the difference between, say, Memorial Day and Veterans Day, because mm -hmm. there is a distinct difference. Well, Memorial Day, of course, started as Decoration Day, uh, and it goes all the way back to the Civil War and recognizing the, those who died serving their country. And as it went into past the Civil War, into the World War One, they recognizing that there we want to continue to have this day set aside for all those, not just the Civil War, mm -hmm. but for all all those who have given their life for their nation. Whereas Veteran Day is, is recognizing all those who have served right. living and deceased, primarily the living, and but it's the Memorial Day is uh, focused on the deceased. I had the distinct pleasure of and privilege to serve at Arlington National Cemetery for four years. And one year I was out there during Memorial Day weekend and so as chaplains, we go out and place the flags at the graves of all the chaplains. There's Chaplain Hill in Arlington Cemetery where there's roughly about 100 um, chaplains that are buried there. And we, as the chaplains that were stationed in Arlington and in the surrounding area, went out there to place the, the flags as the old guard places over 228,000 flags 
at each of the cross, each of the gravestones, as well as bringing it to the niches. Is there a way for someone like me? Um, my grandfather is buried, you know, up by Sturgis in, mm-hmm. in the cemetery up there. Is there a way as you're walking through a cemetery to tell if somebody died while in action? While in action. Or uh, in service. Well, in uh, most cemeteries, they, they will have a military marker indicating that they served. The marker itself usually does not indicate they died in action or not. Okay. Um, they could. Uh, that would be a preference of the family. but Even Arlington, I've been there a couple times, and I incorrectly thought that everybody in Arlington died in battle. No. But that's no. not true. Uh, and recognizing that in a military cemetery, you have both the service member and their spouse, mm-hmm. and the possibility right. of a child mm-hmm. if uh, for some uh, circumstances. Arlington is probably the most strict on uh, requirements because so many would like to be there uh, and it can be three four months after the death of the individual before they can have the burial i want to back up a little bit to a broader view and this is a question i've always wondered as we become and, and father and i we kind of share a passion for john wayne movies okay oh, so unheard. full disclosure okay. here when you look back on on society back then and just go, Ugh, you know? Yeah. But obviously we've become a lot more secularized since then. And you sit there and you look at the military and it's become more secularized right. since then as well. And you think, how can we continue to have, praise God we do, have military chaplains in a, in a secular, you know, hmm. kind of, what I'd say, a secularizing military. Can you explain how that, I mean, it's the grace of God, but maybe a few more nuts and bolts to that. Well, I do know when I was in Iraq, there was the discussion of removing all chaplains from the military so that that position can be held by another officer and that they would just hire civilians to fulfill the role of a chaplain. That role then would incorporate anybody that might have a psychological or um, a counseling degree could be the chaplain. Yet that civilian would most likely not be on the battlefield. And that's where the argument is. Do you do you bring the civilian out onto the battlefield? And it's important for the chaplain to be able to be deployed with the troops. I I just, you know, as I'm I'm speaking, I'm reminded of the team that traveled with me the first about 10 months I was in Iraq, and their, their call sign was Easy Team. Their primary job was to escort the general around the battlefield, um, and that the commander of the division said, you know, uh, we're starting to lose helicopters uh, for support, so Father, would you be willing to go on the battlefield with my security team? Mm -hmm. They're the only ones that will take you around, and they'll go where you you need to go to, so you can get have Catholic coverage all over the place. And the NCIC was Sergeant Angel, and it was a great team, but they their job 
was to ensure the secure travel of their package, be it myself or the general. And so two of the soldiers said, well, you know, we're atheists. And I said, well, if you have a problem taking me around the battlefield, then I'll request a different team because I do not want you to put yourself at risk for something you don't believe in. And both of them immediately said, we have no problem hmm. ensuring that your safety to these places. We think people have the right to it. And we started talking and found out that they really weren't atheists, they were uh, agnostic. But in that concept of, of our travels, they would ask many questions, and one of the questions they asked was very point blank. Now, chaplain, if we get in a firefight, are you going to pick up a gun and participate? And I said, absolutely not. And he goes, you mean you would watch us die? I said, there is more to do in a, in a fight than just fire the weapon. Mm -hmm. I said, I can go out and retrieve the individual who's dying and offer last rites while you guys are using your guns. I said, I can even drive. And I, I was a little boast first. I said, I could probably drive better than you can. <laughs> They like that. Well, because I, I used to like be that. the colonel's driver, so I already had that <laughs> background, and I had the medal. Uh, so, I mean, but they were really concerned about that they, because they know that I don't carry a weapon. And so there's 15 people traveling off the installation, and I'm the only one that doesn't have a weapon. Right. And so when we got caught in traffic, you know, the sergeant gets out and he goes, now, turns to me, oh, chaplain, stay here. I looked at him and said, what do you think I'm going to do? Go shopping? <laughs> you know, there's no place to go in the middle of Iraq. Mm -hmm. And I surely wasn't going to get out when I don't have, you know, there was no protection. So uh, I recognized I was cargo. The time I left the installation till the time I got on back on the on installation. But through it all, that team made sure that I was always, always protected. And, you know, it was just a great example of of our military uh, presence. When I served in um, Baghdad, I had the privilege to be there for the pr placing of the remains on the cargo planes as we were sending back our, our soldiers who had died in Iraq. We have what we call a ramp ceremony, that as we receive the remains onto the plane, that we offer our prayers for the deceased. And so as we received them on the plane, I've also then received them at Arlington uh, to, for the final resting place. And it's really a, a powerful presence to, ex to have those, the, the caskets draped in the American flag. And so communities that chose not to put up the flag this year, I just... I was just devastated when they th I thought they weren't going to do it this year um, because it, it, it says so much because these men and women poured forth their blood for our freedom. And I don't care what kind of virus, what kind of disease, what kind of issues our nation is experiencing. 
in times of war, we've stopped to honor our dead. And we can never give that up, no matter what the scenario is. We have to always maintain that. Last year at Arlington National Cemetery, uh, Vice President Pence uh, said it very clearly and several times, they did their job. We need to do ours in honoring their lives. And we can't ever forget that. That when we accept these men and women to be members of the armed forces, we take on that responsibility that we will never disrespect them, dishonor them, or forget them. Amen. Pretty powerful stuff. It re takes me back. We did a, um, a <coughs> Vietnam veterans retreat here mm -hmm. in February. Mm -hmm. And the way you're talking, the what, what you're emphasizing and echoing and underscoring is something that a lot of these guys, and there was a lady there too, didn't receive, right. didn't receive consistently. And we'd ask them, what, what would it take, you know, at this stage? And, you know, it's just, it's not pomp and circumstance. It's a heartfelt thank you. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, but your emphasis on, 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 you know, the corporal work of mercy and being with the dead and, and then honoring their their burial is a beautiful thing. I just, you know, as we're talking, there's a, at a service in Arlington, a general's, general officer, and with a general officer comes a lot of pomp and circumstance. Mm -hmm. And it usually comes with a caisson, it comes with a band, it comes with a marching unit, it comes with cannons, flags, and the general says, I don't want any of that. Mm -hmm. I w as long as I have a Catholic priest, mm. the celebration of the Mass, and a Catholic burial, that's all I want. And so it was a very simple service with his immediate family, which was seven individuals, myself and the organist. They brought his, the military brought a very simple service of bringing this, his remains into the chapel. We celebrated the Mass, and there we proceeded down the road just a few blocks where we interred him at Arlington National Cemetery. And the, the two flower bouquets that were in the car took up more space than the people that we had. Wow. But that's what he wanted. He did not want a big fanfare because his faith was first and foremost. Mm. While I would provide um, services at Arlington Cemetery, there was a couple of times that I was asked to do the other branches. I primarily did Army, but... You're just going to call them the, the others. others. The others. <laughs> but th I had this one Navy uh, funeral where the family thought the military was providing... The military thought the family was providing, so they showed up at the chapel, and there was no priest. Mm -hmm. And so they came and asked me, Father, would you be willing to do a Navy funeral? And, of course, 
they're all God's children. So I have no problem doing the Navy uh, funeral mass. But what was unique was my altar boy was a Marine general. And when he introduced himself... A Marine general. A Marine general. (laughs) And, but... you know, he introduced himself as a major general so-and-so, but he goes, here, you're in charge. And I go, that's great, general, but can you tell me what this stuff means? <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't understand the Navy writing and the Marine does. Oh, and sure. so it just worked out very well. But, yes, the, at, at Arlington, you know, military, we have our rank system. But when it gets into the church, the priest is the the commander, and and no general has ever interfered with that, because it's most important to celebrate. You told the story the last time you were here about going around on these helicopters with the general, (laughs) and he kept taking so long at the individual sites they're at, and then I think your guy Angel said. Wait, wait, General, we, we've got to wait for the priest. Leave without him. And I think, yeah, the General said. <laughs> but they didn't. No, no, because he wouldn't close the door. Uh, it wasn't, that wasn't Sergeant Angel, but it was, <laughs> it was a different guy, the See, gunner. You have and stories. <laughs> he, uh, the General, he, the, the, <laughs> the General said, we're leaving him, we're leaving him. And he wouldn't shut the door because he goes, the chaplain's coming. And I was a couple of blocks away, but I and I have all my gear. I'm not running. <laughs> and that was the last stop for the day. And so the general is just going to leave me out there. And so I thought you were, when you were telling the story about the general that, that had passed a few minutes ago, I thought that that was the same general. Oh, no, no, uh, no, no different oh, one. Um, well, we only have a couple minutes left, and I personally would like to know from you, how can the layperson honor our people who have served? What are some things we can do to honor them? The biggest thing to honor th- those who serve is to thank them. Uh, for those who have died, to offer have the Mass celebrated for them. There is no greater prayer than the celebration of the Holy Eucharist. And there's no better way to, to say thank you for those who have died for our country than to celebrate the Mass, to entrust them into the cares of the, our Heavenly Father. And that's the reason why we celebrate the Mass at the cemetery, yeah. because we want to be very specific that this Mass is for those who have given of themselves for, for our freedom so that we can celebrate. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's the most important part, to honor them by sh- showing that respect through prayer for those veterans uh, who continue in our community. They do so much in our community to just to thank them. They don't want awards. They don't want medals. They don't want plaques. They just appreciate the, the good old handshake saying thank you for your service. Beautiful. Well, Father Gary DeRushi, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, Father. Thanks Welcome. for being here and thanks for your service. Great, uh, great being here. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. What about Rutten? You were going to say something about Father Rutten? <laughs> <laughs> we're out of time. Next <laughs> time. <laughs> All right. Time for a quick break. Up next, it's still May, the month of Our Lady. Monsignor Charles Mangan will reflect on the love of our Heavenly Mother right here on Real Presence Radio. Stay with us. Another great hour of Real Presence Radio starts right after this break. <laughs> 